Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. And today we're going to a place near Amsterdam to talk to Marianne, who's with the Rotary E-Club of Greater Cap- Cape Town, but travels worldwide many, many projects. So, Marianne, tell us about your academic background. Well, I started off as a nursery school teacher. As a child, I lived in South Africa. My parents had moved there for about 10 years as my father was working for a leprosy institute in, uh, in South Africa. And I went to a kind of a little nursery school there, and that was the moment that I thought, this is what I want to be. So all my life, I wanted to become a nursery school teacher, which I became, and I worked in South, I went back in my 20s and worked there in South Africa again, because that is my, like you have a mother and a father, that is my motherland, and of course, the Netherlands is my fatherland, and um over the years, I, I worked as nursery school teacher, then I worked at an ordinary school, and then due to circumstances, I started working with visually impaired children. And that was, I never thought I would be able to work with people with an impairment, but that was the best thing in my life. Anyway, so then I went to, um, during working there, I went, was able to go to Tanzania for about three years. And I worked there on some projects, also on low vision. And um, I worked and I lived and worked there. Then since my, well, after that, I visited South Africa a couple of times and I sort of worked out what do they do there for low vision in children. And I mapped it there and there were just very few organizations doing something. They have big low vision shops, but that's for the happy few. So the the uh, the knowledge is there and there's a lot of stuff, but not for the for the uh, biggest group in need and um about 80% of the uh 80% of visual impairment is is uh preventable so when you when you get the children as early as possible then you can prevent them from becoming visually impaired sometimes it helps with glasses but often it's other things as well but my aim is to make sure that um, people understand what visual impairment is and how they can detect it and what they can do about it. And the nice thing, uh, if it happens in South Africa and they find them, then there are possibilities for for uh, uh, helping the children out and and having them and get good advice and uh, be treated if if possible. But there's just so much unknown. So now I'm very lucky after some years trying to find it. I've been doing some workshops, but not many. Now, the last time I was out there, I have um, an organization called Hope, Heaven on Earth Project. That was an interesting man. He uh, went to Indonesia, South Africa, and he saw that there was very little for for children. And he helped setting up uh, early childhood development centers there. And then he came to South Africa and started doing it there. And he's a, a kind of, a, 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 he, he's, he runs a church somewhere. And one of the church members who was there, uh, 
heard him say, you know, we really need someone who can help us out with teaching and so on. And this lady had just moved to Cape Town and thought, oh, now I'm just going to relax for a couple of years because I'm working so hard. But then she heard about this project and thought, well, I have to tell him I do have some some uh, some experience. And then she um, she said, well, I, I gave my name up, but I was just hoping he wouldn't phone me. And of course, he did phone and the two of them has set the most beautiful program how to uh, how to train children or how to uh, to advise children and how to help them in the early childhood development centers but also to help uh, uh, also have the, the the parents who take part in it and so on so now they are up to 99 Yes, they have a beautiful program, 99 uh, early childhood centers. And now I'm going to, because I told them about the um, low vision, the importance, and they had no idea. So then uh, I said, well, when I come back, I will give a, 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 a workshop from a couple of hours, you know, just for people to have an experience with experienced glasses, the very um, basic things that you need and uh, how you can, can how you can tell that someone has a visual impairment and um, but it's not only the eyes that can be impaired but it can also be the brain so you have cerebral visual impairment and that's also a very important uh, uh, thing to know about so anyway so I'm setting this one up and it's all in uh, they speak mainly Afrikaans and I was lucky to learn to speak Afrikaans when I was very, very young. But over the years, I've been um, going to uh, uh, reading groups, and there I um, I read Afrikaans books, and then we discuss it. So in that way, I, uh, I've developed my Afrikaans a bit. So it's it's a bit of a challenge, but it's it's fun to do. And then I met another person and that was um due to the fact that uh, with a, a rotary club we made a book called rainbow nation cookery guide and this is about 12 different cultures within south africa and one of our members is a course a chef and she wrote it and made a beautiful um uh, pictures were made by a photographer so you can get it uh, via Amazon, but you can also just buy the book. But it's very much about all these different cultures. And it's not so much cookery, cookery book. Of course, it is a cookery book, but it's very much about all these different cultures. Anyway, so when I was there, she was giving a presentation to a group of women. She was interviewed there too. A group of women have a, a women's library. They called it Women's Zone. And they don't discuss one book, they each discuss their own book. So we sat there and all discussed their own book, and then, of course, uh, the Rainbow Nation Cookery Guide. But then I was sitting next to someone who is um, uh, trying to find some funds for their organization, and it's called Ikamfa Labantu. And that is an organization that started in the 60s already. This was a woman, and she noticed that in these townships, there was very little education for children. And uh, many of these, uh, m many women in these 
townships, they started setting up uh, uh, early, you know, well, centers for children because, like in the Africans, often the women have to look after the children. Then, of course, we also had AIDS, so there are more and more women who had to look after the children. Anyway, so she looked into these women who were uh, starting to run at their house a little school, and this has become more and more and more. And now she set up a training center for the for the, the the mothers or the grandmothers who set up these schools, and also give training to the to the women who are supporting her, supporting the children, but also educating them. So she's been educating. They call them the principals, the educating them, and how how they can also run a business and how they can find funds. And on the other side, also training the the training the the people working there what you do with children anyway so she said to me oh i'd love to talk to you so i had a meeting with her and then she said oh very interesting your low vision why don't you come with me so just before i left i went to the, one of the townships and spoke to these people and they were very enthusiastic and they they also have a, they have a kind of a example school so they have a big building and a couple of classes in there and then um all these people come in for for, for training uh, over the years and they have a big team also training people so now i'm going to and they have a health team and um, they weren't there at that moment so i'll have a, a zoom meeting with them but then in november i will go in and do some training as well and you know you can do a lot of training and things online and so on but in person it is makes a difference and also you learn what the what the myths and facts are and how uh, what what their problems are because I can't come with my knowledge and just drop it there. I have to I can sort of share my knowledge, but they need to share their knowledge as well. So that is my passion. So you talked about sewers. How did you get into the sewer group? In the sword? S E W E R S. S E W Source. I can't remember saying that, source. People, that, uh, women who sew things and... Oh, so, oh, the sewing. Oh, sorry, sorry. That That is also, that is um, um, also, uh, it started off with um, the last time I told you, the Low Vision Center at the uh, Society for the Blind, Cape Town Society for the Blind. And I went there a couple of years ago and I said, you know, uh, also the low vision story, and they mainly worked with 18-year-olds and older to train them, but blind or more or less blind people, but not so much the low vision because the so-called blind, 80% there is also low vision. Anyway, so eventually um, the CEO then, she was very enthusiastic and has a very good context, and that ended up during the, um, uh, it was launched during the COVID period, they have set up a low vision center there. And at the same time, so I'm very pleased about that. But, you know, it's not, it's, um, I sort of triggered something. It's not that I did it, but, you know, you sort of trigger things and then you work on two things and, and, and then you get people together. But at the same time, we were working on um, getting uh, visually impaired women mainly to learn to sew. And then they say, well, how can they sew? But, you know, you have so different, so many different types of visual impairment. 
many of them can just sew, but they, they can look close by and they can do this. And then we wanted to set up um, for for people having periods that have these these pads and so on. And then once someone said, well, why don't we do a period panty? Because if you have a panty, nobody knows it's a period panty. So you can hang it on the line because there's always a big problem about women having their periods. So we started setting that up. And with a women's group in the Netherlands, we collected some money to give them a machine, which we did, and we gave material and so on. But during the COVID period, things went different. And um, it ended up that um, they were not then a new CEO came and she just didn't really want to do that anyway so now we have another group of women also within our club and she is she's been working for years with uh with people in prison and um they for instance it's a beautiful family for instance they have um a, a couple a parents and they're both in prisons but their children were seven and nine or something then they had to go and live with grandmother and um, this couple went to visit mother and father and took the children to visit mother and father. But they looked after these children to make sure they went to the right schools and were helped. In the meantime, uh, grandmother died and then went to aunt. And I met these boys, two beautiful boys, and felt very safe with this family to come there every week just to talk to them and their worries and whatever. But these the, the, these people are really looking after people who come out of prison or are in prison just to give them a, 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 a better a better life. And um, so she started the sewing uh, group and they made the most beautiful things, very good at sewing. And then we said, well, why won't we get them involved in, in, in sewing with, an, with the old CEO, who's also a, a Rotarian. And she has, oh, she has so many contacts. So now they have um, these period panties already made by a kind of a factory or whatever. And now they are going to try them out. So it's in a trial period. And once they've got that running, then we can uh, we can start doing it there. And funnily enough, I spoke to this Ikamba uh, Labantu, this group. They were not only doing uh, early learning childhood development, but they were also doing, they're called the angels. And for the angels, those are the children that come that after school, they go home, but there's nobody there. So they come to the to to um, to the school or wherever they looked after. But they also have um, uh, the elderly citizen organization. And that is where they also do sewing. So they said, oh, well, why can't we, once you get it running, they might be able to join in as well. So you see how all these connections work so marianne when are you going to write a book you've got so many great stories i'm 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 a doer i'm not a i'm not a storyteller and i'm not a, a writer but i like to have hands on so i find connections and then i do things so i'm not a so i'm very happy if i can get thing if i can share my knowledge and hope that with the knowledge you can make a difference. And um, they don't have to know that I've, I've said or done anything. So it's not my thing. So you're, you're very passionate about what you do. I, I am. But uh, another little story is that um, as I went to school in, in South Africa as a, a primary school, 
I went to school with a friend, but I could never find her. Like women get married and they lose their surname. So anyway, I have two friends I found because they suddenly realized if I put my maiden name, people will find me. One I found in uh, Australia many years ago, and the other one, she recently thought oh, I should put my name there. So then she put it, and I found her, and I met her a couple of weeks ago for the first time in 60 years. We hadn't been in contact for 60 years. And it's great. It's just wonderful meeting her. But the funny thing is, she was telling me her life looks very much my, like my life and in many ways, but um, she started working with uh, people also in prison. So that's why she met my friends that also work in prison. She uh, worked on a project with birds. I don't know if you've heard about that. She, um, so then the people in prison, they look after a group of birds and then they, uh, when the birds come out, they sell them and then with the, with the, with the money, they buy food. And apparently... Uh, she was working with murderers, with all types of people. And they all get very relaxed and very, very close to, to nature. It, 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 it made them a different person. And when Mandela came, uh, she noticed there were things going to change. And uh, the head of her department, um, he phoned her when she was working there on the one of the last day. And he said, Gabi, you must leave now. Your, all your stuff because it was things that weren't were changing there so she took all her stuff out and this kind of manager there who didn't like her very much said oh you've got to leave all your stuff here she says no no this is my stuff she said i was hardly out but the next day everything was broken down and sold and everything was gone but it seems to be a very famous uh, project but i think how funny i know i don't know anybody working in the in prison and then I let them meet each other. So I went with her to these friends. And when we came there, another friend of theirs just happened to be there. And uh, he was he was working in prison still. So he knew about her project. He knew everything about it. And I think, what a strange world that you get all these people just by chance together and they all have the same passion. So it makes me all happy. With good reason. Yeah. Uh, so, Marianne, I want to talk to you offline after yep. we finish this. Good. And I want to thank you for your time this afternoon. And hopefully you can consider uh, joining the uh, Social Enterprise World Forum. Yes, I probably will. Yeah.